Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello, you lovely lot, and welcome along to the Football Ramble. Lampard loses again, another Ronaldo record, and Arsenal are good. It's Monday, the 14th of March. I'm Jules Breach. I'm Jim Campbell. And I'm Venusian Hunter-Raja. Welcome along, everybody. It is a brand new week. And yes, we are going to start by saying Arsenal are quite good, Jim. Yeah, I know, right? Aren't they just at the moment? Consistently so. You and Vish, friends, little Arsenal friends yesterday, went along to the game together. <laughs> yeah, we weren't we sat near each other. Yeah, you don't yeah. like each other that much. No, <laughs> Not no. Quite we were talking friends. back and forth, but... Um, yeah. It was what I had to go and see for it myself because Jim's been in a good mood. I've been yes. quite sceptical. <laughs> what have you been doing? This... Where have you been going? Yeah, I want to see what the fuss is about. Yeah. <laughs> so I followed him when he left his house and he went to the Emirates. And I thought, well, only pain lies this way. <laughs> Apparently not. No. Mm. Yes. I, I drove past there this morning to come to work. Cause it's not far is from where buzzing? we do ramble, is it? No, it's not. No, there all. was no one there. No. no Didn't one. you pick up Jim on the way? <laughs> Although I did spot there was a, a new Jamaican restaurant just outside the Emirates, which I hadn't spotted before. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you, is, you, I don't you, know if this has anything to do with the form of the team. Like <laughs> Maybe they're eating loads of jerk chicken. Out, out of nowhere. <laughs> I think that, that, that place has been there before. I've never seen it before. You, Maybe it's you got usually signage. helicopter in though, don't oh, you? Shut yeah. up. <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, shall we talk about the weekend's football? We'll come on to Arsenal in a minute. I think we've probably got to start with probably the headline match of the weekend, which was Manchester United 3, Spurs 2. What a game this was. It felt like a basketball match. It was just amazing. Yeah, it so did. entertaining. It, it really was, wasn't it? I mean, this is um, that's exactly what they want at 5.30 on the, on the Saturday, isn't it? 
the headline the weekend's football. That's why they pay the big bucks. Um, but it was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. They had a lot of clownish moments in it as well. So <laughs> it did. a bit of comic relief in there as well. Yeah, it felt like um, if you asked a child to design a game of football, <laughs> that's what they'd come up yeah. with. Yeah. And you'd be like, no, Harry, he's been playing badly, but he's not going to, Harry Maguire's not going to score an own goal. It's too obvious. Ronaldo's not going to score a hat trick. Yeah, he could be an on. idiot. Yeah. It was all of those things, wasn't it? It was yeah. kind of like if you could have predicted what happened, but then what doesn't normally happen actually happened. Um, yeah, let's start with Ronaldo because this was easily his, his best performance in a Manchester United yeah. shirt since re-signing a hat trick. His 807th career goal, meaning he's now the leading FIFA-recognised men's goal scorer of all time, if you want to believe that record, unless you're Richard Keyes. Yeah, he's, it's not for him, is it? He thinks, he thinks it's still Pele. <laughs> <laughs> His, you, say that like he, amazing. you say that like, oh, he still believes in Santa Claus. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's like... He, Stats are stats, aren't they? They're quite inflexible. But his uh, his actual line was, it's certainly not if you look at the Guinness Book of World Records, it is 450 short of 1,281, which is claimed by Pele. And I bet he would have said it in that exactly voice as well. Exactly that Who time. still reads the Guinness Book of World Records? It's a, it's a, isn't it just it's food a real insight, now. isn't it? Yeah. Do they? Do you still do you still give, buy that for someone at Christmas every year, though? Is that the sort of time you get the Guinness Book of World Records? And uh, yeah, I think that, that's... Is, is Pele in it? Well, is by the sounds of it. Or maybe Richard's got an old copy. <laughs> Also, like, have all the records been set? Because, I, I mean, I'd get one, but I want the final copy. I don't want to be amending <laughs> yeah, it or like, oh, you need an update because someone's eating a bigger bath of chips. Bath <laughs> of chips. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever, whatever those mad fuckers do. I was like, yeah. you know, I, I want the final, a final issue. I don't want to have red pen all over my fresh new Guinness Book of World Records. Yeah, what an effort that is, editing that every year. Yeah. yeah. I think they make it up, don't they? 100%. I remember it being a big deal at school, though, if you could get hold of it. What, the book? Just, yeah. Or a record? The book? Well, the, well, whoa, let's not go crazy. <laughs> getting in there, that's, that's, that's dreamer talk, that is. No one's getting in that book. But yeah, um, I, I think where this has come from is that Pele would have played in a lot of friendlies for Santos. They used to do like friendly tournaments, didn't they? They would tour all around the world playing them. And they were genuinely competitive games. And football was just viewed a bit differently back then. But they don't count towards... Um, like official goals, so that's where that's come but from. Ronaldo's but Ronaldo played up, in, Richard. yeah, Ronaldo's played in <laughs> Ronaldo's played in friendlies. Those goals don't count, do they? They're not in that. No, I but I think they, they were different kind of friendlies, weren't they? Yeah. There was a competitive element to them. No, they don't count. Uh, yeah, I mean, like no, no one was around to watch them, yeah, were they? No, no exactly. None no, of them are on YouTube. Ronaldo <laughs> got the record. Yeah, exactly. None of them are under a compilation with some heavy music underneath it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's true. So they, do they exist? He is a fraud, Pele. We've always said this on this show. <laughs> he is a fraud. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. What was your pick of Ronaldo's three goals then? I think the... You know what? The first one was a little bit of a throwback, really. Like, yeah. Do you remember the goal he scored in the Champions League for Manchester United against Porto mm. from a different postcode? <laughs> uh, that It felt like... Um, yeah, there, there was a bit more to that because people were. Eric Dyer got a lot of stick for backing off him, and you know it does look quite comical when it does when it goes in like that. Gary Neville made an astute observation that it was like a free kick. The only thing was there was no wall for him to pang it into. Mm. Um, but but it felt like Dyer backing off was ultimately where Ronaldo is right now. People don't see him as the same threat as he once was. I think they're slightly wary of him when he's in the box, but outside, certainly there's. There's no worry there. There are a few times this season where it's almost like he's forgotten he's 36, 37 yeah. and tried to go past people. And they're like, oh, you're not the same Ronaldo as before. And by now, everyone in the league knows that. Yeah. And so that was like a little bit of, actually, I've still got a bit of something about me from this range. Yeah. When he does the step overs now, he doesn't do it very often. 
but you do occasionally see him do it. And it's like a man doing a party piece, isn't it? Yes. Rather than actually yeah, yeah. being effective. But that first goal was beautiful. I feel like we just don't see enough long ranges anymore. No, no. we don't, do we? It was a brilliant, it, he took it brilliantly. Great finish, but I love the little flick on from, from Fred, Fred as well. Yeah. Fred, Fred has no, that been... Was, that was basketball-esque as yeah. well, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Fred has been brilliant. Fred, has been one, been Fred really and Sancho lately. have been the two standout players under Ralph Rangnick. And, and I'd say even actually in the last few weeks, Nemanja Matic, if he was, if he, I know it's easy to say, but if he was five years older, sorry, five years younger, please don't be any older. Um, <laughs> five years younger, he'd be, you know, an incredible defensive midfielder in the league, as, as he was, to be fair, for yeah. Chelsea. Um, but, he, you know, he, he, you get about an hour out of him and it's so good because... You know, even the ball for Ronaldo's tapping through to Sancho was, you know, something from Matic. It wasn't a particularly complicated bit of play, but he's someone who's able to play those raking passes from that deep line position. Um, and him and Fred are kind of the perfect combination together, certainly for that first hour. But with um, with Ronaldo in particular, I also think like, so he didn't play um, the game against Man City and, they, you know, went back to Portugal. And I was saying to Jim yesterday that I reckon like they should just almost treat him like Ledley King, like play him <laughs> once a week, make him train a little bit. If he wants to go off somewhere and relax, let him relax. Yeah. Do like Ledley King, let him train in a swimming pool full of honey or whatever he needs. Maybe you know? that's what's in Portugal, the sort of fountain of youth. Yeah. Bring yeah. Matic back. Maybe you'll get your, your Matic from five years ago. Yeah, or like Razagul's like Lazarus pit or something <laughs> like that. If you come out of it, you're better for it. But just especially given how... All the talk of that he might leave in the summer, probably will leave in the summer. 12 games left, something like that. Um, yeah, why not? Just going to buy the time, get him playing one game a week, just so that he has the energy to do all the things that Ralph wants him to do, not just going forward, but also defensively. I thought he was pretty good on the weekend as well. Um, and yeah, you get more stuff like this. Well, he, look, he was brilliant, but does it, almost, does it almost piss you off a bit as a United fan that he's obviously got the ability to have a game like that and then in other matches he's just been just not even there but he's at that age where he can't string those kind of performances together the because of the way he played and because of the way he built himself age was always going to catch up with him now 37 is actually pretty impressive he's still, he's still playing in the yeah. premier league I mean, yeah. scoring a hat trick at 37 in the premier league is mad yeah isn't it's it? ridiculous yeah. but and the, the thing that they the thing that athletes at that age always say and i'm thinking of someone like lebron james even like i know he's just been left out the England the England cricket team, uh, but James Anderson as well. The thing they say is recovery is the biggest thing, mm. and I imagine it's incredibly hard to recover given the schedule in in English mm. football. And he's finding that out that out the hard way, and he's also playing for a team who needs him that little bit more and can't give him that recovery time. So I'm, I mean I'm not I'm not that annoyed. I, I suppose like some of the histrionics when he doesn't get his way is a, it's a bit annoying because it's like. You're old enough to be like Anthony Langer's yeah. dad, mate. Like, <laughs> stop doing that. On that, though, I mean, we've all got things about our personalities that you realise as you get older. It's like, oh, I'm not going to be able to change this. This is just part of who I am. Yeah. I, I think am that's just, him, isn't I it? I am just a wanker. Exactly. Is that what yeah. you've realised yeah. recently, Totally. Okay, yeah, there's cool. no point trying to be better <laughs> because I just can't be. That's a brave card for you to play, Jules. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I should have directed that. You should <laughs> yeah. Why am I aiming my abuse at Jim? Yeah. Jim, Jim just caught wrong. a stray there. Yeah, I did. I really did. <laughs> I'm loving the beard, by the way, Jim. Thanks. That, that, I mean, that doesn't make up for you just calling me a wanker. <laughs> I'm really trying to work a bit harder than that. Crawl my way back out of this one. <laughs> Can I? Um, Should we talk about Spurs being crap? Will yeah, that make yeah. you happy? Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, that worked. Yeah. Great. Oh, good, 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 good. Um, look, another inconsistent performance from Spurs. What, what's what's happening with them? Their their record recently um, has alternated between a win and a loss over their last seven matches. I thought they looked 
so good in their previous match. Mm. And then against Manchester United, they were okay at times. It wasn't terrible. Um, as we said, it was quite an end-to-end game and there were lots of chances in it. But it's the result that actually counts. Yeah. And yeah, they're just another poor result for them. I think it's an unfortunate time for them to play Man United, especially at Old Trafford, isn't it? Because let's be honest, Everton are so bad. So, so bad. And it, Spurs just had an absolute party against them, didn't they? Just just had a lovely time. And you think, well, that's a really good opportunity to build some momentum. But this is a really difficult fixture. And you can go there and play really well. And if Man United are on their, on their game, which they were, then you can get beat like that. So I, th- oh. I think I think it's just... Yeah, I think it's just a quirk of the, the fixture list, this one. But it's difficult mm. for Spurs, isn't it? Because they, they really need to build some momentum. Every time they get a good win, it looks convincing. Like the Man City game as well. They yeah, were fantastic so in that game. You think, how have they done that? Surely they're going to go on and, and just put a really, really long run together now. But then they just don't. That result, though, feel against Manchester United for Spurs almost felt so significant for that fight for the top four. Yeah. Especially with the amount of games in hand that Arsenal have got, which we'll come on to in a minute, and how good they were. Um, I'm really trying to win your love back here. Um, (laughs) um, But yeah, we will come on to Arsenal in a minute. But it did feel quite a significant defeat because of that. Yeah, I don't know why. I mean, I suppose they have their own internal issues around confidence and sustaining form, as we've seen over the last God knows how long. But I I was really surprised that they just didn't really go at United that that little bit more. Like when they got their equaliser with that Harry Maguire own goal, United, for some reason, were just sitting back constantly and we're going to sit back even further because I think they um before they before that goal actually went in uh Lindelof was due to come on for Manchester United now he eventually came on later on when they had a 3-2 but I, I thought potentially they could have changed it some it would change something at halftime if not a bit after like Mora came on and offered a threat through the middle which they didn't really have but it felt a little bit too late for him as mm. well um I, I they've got to see that as a missed opportunity because United are a bit mm-hmm. of a basket case. Spurs also being a basket case should have recognised that and thought, yeah. what would we really hate right now? And <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think yeah, I I kind of think that that's it now. You know, we're going to talk about Arsenal in a bit, but I feel like because of the games in hand, I know they're playing Liverpool on Wednesday, but foreseeably Arsenal could hold on to fourth from now until the end of the season. Mm. We'll see. Um, what did you think of? Romero in Maguire's face, Fish. Did you feel like you wanted to protect him, or do you think he deserved it? No, I, I actually thought I actually thought Maguire didn't play that badly. Um, you know, it was quite unfortunate on goal. He probably he did have to come in there. There was also a weird thing. I, like I'm not entirely sure what the rule is on this, but Romero was offside yeah, when the ball I was played across, yeah. and he's obviously interfering with the play because if Romero's not there, then Maguire doesn't need to, doesn't need to go make that, that ball, kind yeah. of challenge. Yeah. But um, I mean, I'm a fan of shithousery and it kind of, mm-hmm. I, I did wonder if Maguire, I, I tried to look for it to see if Maguire was, um, if there was any kind of interaction with them at full time, but the camera was just panning to Ronaldo yeah. walking down That's the tunnel annoying. and getting a coach to get the ball for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, come on, cameraman, let's have a look and see. I, yeah. Show us I the beef. Yeah, I would have thought that after the, the third Ronaldo goal, the one in the 81st minute, I thought that at that point, that's a good moment for Maguire to go over exactly, to Romero yeah. and go, come on, mate. We're, we're winning this now. Yeah, but if you've had the <laughs> couple of years that Maguire's had, you would not want to tempt fate, would no. you? <laughs> You'd probably score another own goal <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> it was, um, as shithousing goes, it, there was no finesse to it. it no, was very, no. Like, abs- so blunt. Yeah. Just so aggressive. And 
It's just enjoyable to see him get his comeuppance as well, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> on that note, shall we move on to talk about Arsenal? Oh, because on, um, it was a 2-0 victory for them over Leicester City yesterday at the Emirates. As I said, both of you boys were there. Jim, you were there watching. Vish, you were working. Um, a really solid, good performance. Goals from Thomas Partey and Alexandra Lacazette from the penalty spot. But um, yeah, a very good Arsenal performance. They're just they're really good at the moment. They Five are. wins in a row. It's the consistency that's been really, really pleasing. And obviously you touched on it earlier. We've got Liverpool on Wednesday, so that's going to you know, get anything from that. And it's a bonus, obviously, that you, you'd expect. Why not? The, you don't think you'll get anything out of the Liverpool game? Uh, Liverpool are just so good. They're just so, so good that it's a, it's a real step up. And... Um, Obviously, you know, I've had a few shellackings from Liverpool in the, in the past, in the recent past. So you go into that game with a little bit of trepidation. Although, I mean, they couldn't be in a better position in terms mm. of trying to get something out of it. But it is one of those where you look at that and think, we could lose this. What's important is how they re- respond to that loss. So I was, I was a little bit worried about this game before the game because with Liverpool in mind, it's like if you don't get a result here or yeah. if, you, if, you, if you, you know, shoot yourself in the foot in some way or, or if things go against you, then that could be the start of a bad run. And it, this, the league being as tight as it is when it comes to this race for the top four, thought that could be a, a, a potential banana skin, one of my favourite things in football, unless mm-hmm. it's happening to you. Um, but <laughs> they were so professional and so just calm and collected. And we're starting to see the team in the, in the image of the manager, really. You yeah. know, he's, mm-hmm. he's obviously got rid of the players that don't listen, uh, got rid of some of the cliques. All of those players are pulling in the right direction. And if, if they make a mistake, they respond to it as a team. And and that's really, really good. A lot of those players look like potential captains at the moment. T- Kieran Tierney is, talks about as potentially the next one, but Odegaard plays plays like a captain despite how young he is. And it's so there's such a mature Arsenal team. They're the most mature Arsenal team I've seen in years. Like even some of Wenger's like later teams didn't display mm. the kind of maturity that the, that they're they're showing at the moment. And that is what is making me sort of really confident about the rest of the season because they 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 just switched on and you still get the mad moments. Granite Jack had caught the ball <laughs> at one point. He thought it had gone out, and there, there was a proper moment where everyone was like. Oh, what's he done now? Like, what, what, why is this happening? But it was fine. So you were sort of expecting him to then just chuck the ball at the ref at that point and yeah. get sent off, or like yeah. eat it. Like, it's just because <laughs> who knows? He's going to have a mad moment. But even even Jack's mad moments are, are enjoyable and they're not costing us. So you know, who, you know who else is mad? Who but who I think is absolutely brilliant is Aaron Ramsdale. Oh, I mean, he's great. He's an absolute lunatic. He's been brilliant. He has absolutely brilliant. He made some unbelievable saves in this game that I think even Brendan Rodgers appreciated, didn't he, Vish? Yeah, that header from Harvey Barnes, wasn't it, when Albright mm. crossed it? That was... Uh, you know what? By Ramsdale standards, that was like a 7 out of 10, I thought. <laughs> because, you know, even against Leicester City alone, you know, the, the save from the free kick, um, uh, you know, in the in the first game uh, when Leicester were playing at home, that was mm. incredible. And, yeah, those were good saves yesterday, but um, he... Yeah, he's... A, He's he's obviously he obviously should be England's number one now, and I think mm, that's do you think? yeah yeah without mm. a doubt yeah um, yeah comfortably especially his distribution. There are a few times yesterday as he's done throughout this season where he's really good at releasing players, especially yeah. someone like Saka and Martinelli. When you've got those two and you mm. when you know when you you're defending a corner and you've got the ball, they go immediately. Mm. And um, yeah, he's exceptional at that. And I think his confidence as well. And you know you only need to look at where Pickford are Everton are with Pickford. Um, to, you know, it, it seems quite a simple move to, for Southgate to make, but I suppose about the game yesterday, I I was a little bit disappointed in Leicester City, even though they had a period at the end of the first half where they, they actually created quite a few chances, and Ben White put in a really important tackle. Actually, yeah. you know when, what? I actually think. I, I mean, you know, I've always been a big fan of Ben White because of um, Brighton and and how good he he was for us. 
But obviously, because of how much money Arsenal spent buying him, he 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 moved to Arsenal with a lot of pressure on his shoulders. And I think that hopefully now Arsenal fans are seeing why he's worth that money oh, because he has been. He I think particularly in the last couple of months, he's been absolutely brilliant. He's a leader, um, and it's interesting you talk about the England squad as well, Vish. Obviously, we've got an international break coming up in a couple of weeks' time. Well, next week actually, it's the week after next, isn't it? Um, It'll be interesting to see whether he almost eventually becomes one of England's first choice centre halves. I mean, mm. could he be the first choice centre half heading into the World Cup? That you know, if he continues to perform like he is at Arsenal, mm. that could be the case. And he's also got a bit of shithousery in him as oh, well, massively, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> which it's, we all love. It's like it's that it, that is absolutely there. FYI, for him to aim he learnt at. that at Leeds. <laughs> <laughs> we don't teach that stuff. Yeah, he um, he is. What I really love about him is the way that he's forged a partnership with Gabriel very, very quickly. And the two of them love defending. I know that sounds stupid, but you get <laughs> yeah. some defenders yeah. who don't. They yeah. just they panic a bit. They want the, want to get the ball away. They love getting stuck in. They they don't mind when Arsenal are under siege in those periods, as, as every team will be. Um, and Ramsdale's a big part of that as well, because mm. he's, he's really communicative. And he catches the ball. Again, I know that sounds stupid. Bernd Leno used to punch it out at every opportunity. And then it just comes from, back at you. Did he learn that from Granite Xhaka? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, leading by example. <laughs> nothing, nothing pleases me more from when I watch my team play and you you see your defenders and they like when they put in when they they make a challenge or something or they they do something really good defensively and they actually like punch the air like yeah. like they've scored a goal. That's what you want to see from your defenders, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's a bit. It's, Harry it's, Maguire doesn't do it very often, Vish. No, but he scores goals, mate. Um, <laughs> Own goals. <laughs> I, I think it's a bit losery. I think it's a bit square. Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah, defending's dull. No, it's not. <laughs> if you want to celebrate properly, come it's up the other brilliant. end and do something good. Yeah. No. no, it's not. It's, it's lame. It's so lame. It's not lame. It is. Yeah. I love. Yeah. I love a good bit of defending. Yeah, exactly. That's what, yeah, but people I mean, like yeah, we clean all... sheets. Arsenal, they keep a few. He knows about that. Exactly. Yeah, you that's true. There, you saw it. I did see you, it. Yeah. You saw what could be. Although to be <laughs> fair, I think the thing that should be said of Leicester, it felt like they were managing their squad ahead of playing Wren on Thursday. Yeah, in the Europa Conference League because they've um, Tielemans and Ndidi were on the bench. Ndidi mm. uh, came on in the second half, didn't he? Um, and yeah, they just like obviously Vardy was injured. I, I didn't realize this until like pre-game yesterday, but. Vardy is second behind Rooney in the most league goals against Arsenal. Yeah, yeah. it's incredible. Oh yeah, no. And obviously was... scored that that one nil smash and grab last season for this fixture was was just all Vardy, like typical yeah. Vardy. Yeah. We've had some great games against them, but and he's always been a big part of that. But I was kind of he's basically my favourite player because he's king shit house, isn't he? So I was like, <laughs> I was conflicted. I was like, I'd like to see Jamie Vardy live because I've never done that before. But he will score, so I'll take it. I'll I was waiting for him to come out with a steel chair. Exactly. Point, yeah. But yeah <laughs> didn't happen. I thought you meant like Alaba celebrating with the chair last week <laughs> in the Champions League, which was amazing. Um, right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we will dive into the, well, the, the the fight for survival in the Premier League, which just got even more interesting after this weekend. We'll talk about that after this. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Frank Elboff. You're listening to the Football Ramble. Welcome back to the Football <laughs> Ramble, guys. It's Jules, Jim and Vish here with you this Monday. And before we get to your emails, let's just see how we got on in Betway's four to score. Remember, entry to Betway's four to score is free. Each week, pick the first goal scorer in Betway's four selected matches for your chance to win the weekly £50,000 jackpot. And make sure your selections are submitted before the first game. Further terms and conditions apply. Right, game one was Chelsea against Newcastle. Um, and Vish, you picked Mason Mount for this match, but it was Kai Havertz who, some are saying, shouldn't have been on the pitch when he scored that goal. Yeah, yeah. Red card for you? I think so. If you make Dan Byrne bleed, that can't be within the rule. <laughs> you said that That's like really hard. You said that the way like Batman says that to Superman. <laughs> Do you bleed? <laughs> um, Everton versus Wolves. Um, Andy picked Raul Jimenez, and it was. Connor Cody, Liverpool fans going against Everton. Of course it was. Um, next game was West Ham against Aston Villa. Jim, you picked Coutinho, who's I been did. in such good form lately. But the result was Yarmolenko. And it was one of my favourite moments from the whole weekend. Mm. Um, so disappointing to see Mikel Antonio go off. But then Yarmolenko comes on. He's obviously had a bit of a break. He had compassionate leave from West Ham. And it was just a beautiful moment. He got so emotional, head in his hands, pulled his shirt up onto his face and clearly there were tears there. I think he's um, just recently managed to get his wife and kids over to the UK. So very emotional moment for him. Absolutely delighted he got that goal. Um, Arsenal-Leicester was our final match and Marcus picked Harvey Barnes. Little did he know that there was a party happening. Thomas Party <laughs> scored the opener. There we go. Right, we'll be back with another round of four to score on the preview show this Friday, but now it's time for this. Love the game. Now hit subscribe. <laughs> Please send us a note. We won't reply. <laughs> Email show at footballramble.com. Show at footballramble.com. That's for you, Jesse Marsh. Um, so very, very quickly, I know this is not on the running order, but I got a lovely message on Aww, the weekend, like a really on. long message at like 1am on Saturday. Mm. Um, 
on Saturday night. And uh, yeah, just like were someone... They, were they drunk? Probably. Well, wait. Uh, so night. just say, saying, re- saying really nice things about the Ramble, saying really nice things about me and everyone else around this table and everyone else who's not here. And it went on and it was about this bloke just kind of spreading the word of the Ramble among his group of friends, many of them who listened in the past, some of them lapsed listeners and basically just being lovely on our behalf. And then it was followed up with a message almost 24 hours later, Jesus Christ, please ignore the above. Explanation, colon, drugs. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Obviously, I'm not going to say who it is, but it was a very lovely message, intoxicated or otherwise. So thank you very much for that. But it's just the best, the best realisation after. <laughs> the like, retraction. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, well, dear. Um, appropriately enough, Charlie has been in touch. <laughs> Back in, Dece- <laughs> Back in December 2015, me and about 15 of my mates who were in year 10 at the time skived off school at lunchtime and went to Grangewood Park in South London and started playing a game of eight aside. Well, we were having a great time sliding around in the mud, getting our school trousers completely caked until a certain silver fox strolled by and called out to us, shouldn't you boys be in school getting an education? It's a half day, a few of us shouted back, which had always been our tactic if anyone had asked us that in the past. Mm. Well, he didn't seem satisfied with his answer and shouted back, that's a lot of rubbish. I've seen you boys here before. <laughs> it's a half day, a few of us shouted back again, not realising who it was shouting at us as we were too focused on our game, the silver-haired man standing by the side of our game. Half an hour later, two community support officers turned up and shepherded us back to school with Alan Pardew saying to us as we slumped away, I wonder how that happened then. We all got a bollocking from our head of year and the teachers always kept a beady eye on us at lunchtimes for the rest of our time at school. I don't know why he had time to do all of this in the middle of the day on a Wednesday because Palace were pushing for a European spot at the time. Oh my oh, God. You absolute knock. <laughs> That's really, I, uh, I don't know what to think of that because he's done a good thing there. You know, stay yeah. in school, why, why, get your education. Why is he getting involved? Why is he getting involved? I know, yeah. He's getting in the way of precious childhood memories of of hijinks. You know, <laughs> I don't, but I'd always think he'd, hijinks. I'd always think he'd be one. He'd be want to see be seen as cool with the kids, or yeah. like down with the kids. So like, I feel like he would have encouraged them. But yeah, I'd, I'd maybe not, like throwing his weight around. He just enjoys the you, yeah. authority. <laughs> When you're the king, you can do what you want. <laughs> I guess. Oh, so, been... Shut your noise, you young. <laughs> you're right there, Jim. Mouth full of water. Yeah, mouth full of water. I'm yeah. so glad that's precious part of memory. Yeah. Oh, we love your emails. Keep what a them... thing to say to someone. <laughs> Shut your noise. Yeah. Oh dear. Show at footballramble.com. Or tweet us at Football Ramble. We love hearing your stories. Or DM us on Instagram when you've you've had a few. Or do that. Or do that. And don't admit to illegal things, please. (laughs) Um, Right, let's talk about the fight for survival in the Premier League because it got really interesting over the weekend. Um, Both Leeds and Watford won by two goals to one. Leeds beat Norwich 2-1. Watford won away from home at Southampton 2-1. And there were defeats for Everton and Burnley, Brentford have sort of pulled themselves out of this now after that victory against Burnley for them. Um, let's talk about the ones that won first because it was a huge, huge win for Leeds. A first under Jesse Marsh, hence why we picked that email jingle today. Thanks, Fish, for pointing that out. Um, so first win for him. And I thought they they played a lot better, but they still didn't make it look easy for themselves. I mean, Norwich had... Well, they equalised so late on in that game and then they had another opportunity to equalise after Leeds scored what turned out to be the winner from Tamu Puki, who was so close to equalising as well. It was an absolute chaotic game at Ellen Road, Vish. Yeah, yeah. The, um, I think the shot count was 13 to 12, 
which is mad, yeah. really. Considering like one of Marsh's aims is to make them a bit more robust at the back and not as leaky, that was a bit concerning. But to be fair, I, th- I think Leeds were good for this. You know, the way they cut through Norwich and, and the quality of chances they created, I think it's reflected in the XG that they're like, you know, that I thought they did really well and they played exceptionally well. And, um, you know, Rafinha's, did you see Rafinha's shot that hit the bar? I did, yeah. Like, uh, it was like the lo- one of the longest one-twos I've ever seen because he, <laughs> he it flicks that initial ball out to Bamford before running and getting it back, uh, the far post. I, I, I just think like they played so fluently. And to be fair... That winner from Gelhart, so also, good. what a feeling yeah. to be responsible yeah. for those kind of limbs he as well. Just come onto the he came onto the pitch after Norwich had scored their equaliser, yeah, and then goes and scores the winner. I mean, and and actually, you talk about Rafinha, he does so well to keep that ball because it looked as though he'd he'd fully outrun, like he'd just basically taken the ball way too wide, but then he manages to cut it back and and square the ball to Gelhart. It was just. Um, what yeah. a moment! They, and they, but the the thing about that goal as well, um, and obviously Rafinha is a quality operator, but they just kept their calm a bit. Mm. Even Gelhart's mm. pass around the corner, yeah. it was it, everything felt a bit. They felt in control of the chaotic moments, and that I think has been what Leeds have done really well over the last two seasons. All their good things have been, yeah, their matches are quite chaotic, but they're able to remain retain mm. a sense of calm, and that's I suppose primarily come from players like. Dallas and also Calvin Phillips, who kind of in the people who play in the eye of that storm, um, but it it feels like they're especially you know at Ellen Road, they're trying to whip that up while also I suppose making some good decisions in amongst that. Yeah, I think as well if you look at that sort of bottom five, because I think you're right, Brentford have probably pulled away now. Having a player like Rafinha makes such a difference, like mm. such a huge, huge difference, especially in, the, in games against those other teams. I don't think you can really argue that the other sides, maybe one or two players at Everton. Um, have players like comparable in terms of quality, and I think those little moments are, are what's going to keep them up. And it yeah. was key having Patrick Bamford back, even though he didn't score. He yeah. started the game, and I just thought he, like his hold up play, but even the runs he was making, he was when when he was making those runs forward, it was then dragging defenders out with him, which then yeah. meant the likes of Rafinha had the space to then get the ball and and put it in, you know in dangerous areas. Um, you talked about calmness and I thought that Patrick Bamford was probably a little bit too calm when he had his opportunity in front of goal. And I don't know what he does, but he it was he was so casual with it. And then he just puts the ball wide and he should have scored. I mean it was mm. a it was a golden opportunity for him. Didn't quite come off that time. Um but the atmosphere at the end when so first of all when Gelhard scores the winner, but then at the final whistle as well to be in Ellen Road at that moment, if you were one of those fans, must have been incredible. It sounded raucous. Yeah. Well, the, the when they panned to the crowd after um, McLean's equaliser, they there was a real sense of like Christ, like this only, this, up. this only happens to teams that Go you down. know have have something yeah. bad to tell you at the end of the season. Um, and so yeah, just like that jump and also like you just don't I know we've seen it a few times Spurs remember they had that game where they equalised and scored in like the 96th the 97th mm. minute mm. it was Leicester it was, wasn't it yeah it was more I think yeah um, like it, it's quite rare that happens and you know you feel like that you can count so many times in the past where your team has conceded a late equaliser but then to go on and like go back up the other end and score and similarly this also felt like Norwich had done 
Yeah. Do you but reckon? You can't. I, yeah. I, I just think even emotionally from from a fan's point of view, it must feel like, fuck, okay, right. To lose a game like that to, to someone who we're hoping to drag in, mm-hmm. that's us done. In, yeah. Emotionally, I know what you mean, but at one point, when, when it was one all in this game, there was only, I think, five points or six points between the bottom five. I think it was six points between those bottom five teams. And we've seen Norwich make up more of a deficit than that already this season and get out of the relegation zone. I'm not I'm not completely writing them off. I mean, I know most people are. I just think that there is there's still matches to play and and you know, they they can't seem to score enough goals and that's obviously a massive issue for them. But I don't know. I feel like there's more twists and turns here. I'm not sure. But so they're five they're five points away from safety. Well, they're basically six points away from safety because five points safe to to 22 where Everton in 17 and Watford in 10, so in 18 have 22, but their goal difference is minus 45 know, as well. And that feel, that's down there, that's basically an extra yeah. point. Yeah, isn't it? It also, is. Burnley and Everton do have games in hand on them. Yeah. So, I mean, Norwich are four points behind Burnley. So, you know, even if they get a win, they don't, they don't hold them in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are, are, you just, are you essentially worried about Norwich playing Brighton soon? You're thinking, <laughs> uh, they, might, they might get some points there. No, I'm ju- I just, I, we are, yeah, we are terrible at the moment. Um, I don't know what it is. I think, I just feel like there's, Twists and turns in this in this relegation scrap at the moment, and I just I I don't think it's too simple to just say yeah they're done. But I, I do know what you mean, Vish, in terms of like emotionally and psychologically, that would have been an absolute killer. Thinking they'd rescued a point that late on in the game and then going on to lose it is just yeah not nice. And I, I was really pleased for Jesse Marsh actually, um, because it was starting to get a little bit uncomfortable. Just people criticizing him after you know the first couple of matches and losing them and. Yeah, I was, talking I was, in Fahrenheit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just pleased for him, and he he said I heard a lot about the magic of Ellen Road, and we felt that today, which I thought was nice. Um, as for Watford, good old Roy's back at it again. He see this is this is why it's not over yet in this relegation fight. People were writing Watford off before this match, and and they can get themselves out of it in their next match. Yeah, I mean, no? I still. The, the, Do you trust Roy the boy? No, no, I don't. <laughs> I, I kind of said this on Friday show to Marcus, which was brave, <laughs> that I didn't trust Roy. But <laughs> the only thing that's changed that is I think I'm slowly starting to believe that Everton could get relegated. Yeah, that Everton yeah. could sink in the mud almost. Yeah, and it's it feels like I'm fight, I've am i got two sides of my brain fighting against that idea. Oh, so what's only one side fighting for it, the other side fighting against it? Um <laughs> And you see them and you see the way that they're losing games. You're like, shit, maybe. And then, but, you know, Cuco Hernandez was was brilliant on the weekend and has had some exceptional finishes over the last, mm. since the start of the year. It's just, you just don't know what Watford are going to rock up. Like, Manchester United probably made them look a little bit more solid than they actually are. But I don't really know if they can stitch together too much. I mean, the way they lost to Arsenal was not, not tad unfortunate, but, you know, like... That obviously a bit of an issue, but then like getting pasted by Wolves 4-0, it feels, mm. feels like mm. that is always going to be there and they're just going to, it's just too unreliable, which I suppose is why they are where they are. Yeah, although, as you say about Roy though, he, you know, once he's got his feet under the table, he can make teams very, very effective and, you know, they're never going to, you know, you know, absolutely fly, but look at what he did at Palace and look at what he's done at so many teams. He just makes them solid, dependable, get you get them into mid-table. Now, he's got he's got to do that very, very quickly but that is, he is an advantage for them, isn't he? Yeah. In the same way, you know, all of these teams have different sort of virtues, as we were saying about Rafinha earlier. Um, and if he can just make them hard to beat, 
they, you know, they might have a chance. Yeah. When and you it, when you look at the difference in managers in those bottom five teams, Jim, I think that that that's probably the the, the difference, isn't it? With with Burnley, the reason why so many people think they're going to get out of it is purely because of Sean Dyche, not necessarily because of the players. And yes, they have got better attacking players now than they did a few months ago. But the, I, I think it's a Roy Hodgson. You just can't. I don't think you can write him off. And as for Everton, so they lost at Goodison Park to Wolves. And their running, when you talk about them being dragged into it, Vish, is horrendous. I mean, they've still got West Ham, Manchester United, Liverpool, Chelsea, Leicester and Arsenal on the final day of the season to play, plus a couple of other teams in between there. But that they have probably got one of the toughest run-ins, I'd say. Mm. God, that is barbaric, actually. Looking, it's at hideous. It. Yeah, and they've so got... games in hand, but are they going to win those games in hand? Well, they don't yeah. know they're going to even score at the moment, do they? <laughs> Let alone win a game. And they've got they've got the games to reschedule against Burnley and and against Watford, both away games as well, mm. which is they've I mean, been that... poor away from home. He's Frank Lampard's not won a game away from home yet as the manager. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, His only they... win came at home. I didn't think they were that bad yesterday. I feel like they created like a decent agree, yeah. number of chances. Mm. Um, you know, Richarlison on a different day has a couple of goals to his name, doesn't he? Like, it's certainly that chance at the end where Saar comes out and he tries to bend it around him at the near post and just gets into the side netting. But it was, yeah, it's, I don't, I, I think it's my blind spot with, just because Everton have been an ever-present in, mm-hmm. the, in the top flight. And also the fact that, you know, those, those are good players. Those are players who, like, two seasons ago were... You know, you talk about them coming for Europe. You know, the start of the season when they beat Spurs at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, they just signed Allen and obviously like Hammers Rodriguez was there. And it felt like, oh shit, yeah, they're building like something nice here. Mm. And I feel, it feels like Everton fans, maybe not the, 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 the cynical ones, but they start every season thinking, right, this is the time we're going to establish ourselves in that top seven, top eight at least, or certainly try and push on. But yeah, this is... There's something quite dark about it, and I don't—I can't really yeah. put my finger on it. it. It feels like a microcosm of of kind of modern f- football to me, really, like the upper echelons of it, because they've essentially driven themselves mad trying to compete with teams that yeah. that are, have you know better resources than than them, and it just it hasn't worked out, and it's become this sort of death spiral. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I think symptomatic of kind of the current state of Everton, I suppose, was John Joe Kenny's red card. Two yellows in three minutes. And that was the club's 100th red card in the Premier League. Only Arsenal made the century before them. They've got 101 now, Jim. Yeah, well... Winners Top of the league something. again. <laughs> You'll never sing that. <laughs> <laughs> um, as I mentioned, Burnley lost to Brentford. Uh, do we all think that Brentford have sort of pulled themselves away from this now? I mean, Christian Eriksen showing his class once again in this game. And he's proving to be... Not just an amazing signing from a human level, but also on the pitch as well. He's, you know, proving his worth. Yeah, you know, like, it's um, it's one of those things where I think I always fall into the trap of, like, if I like a player, in, in any sport, really, it's not necessarily that I'd have, like, favourable coverage towards them, but I'd probably, you know, subconsciously, you'd probably give them a bit more rope. Yeah. And so... Even if he'd been utter trash, <laughs> every time he steps on a football pitch, every minute he plays is one to be celebrated because it's minutes to certainly last summer we worried we would never see again. Yeah. Um, but the way he's playing and the way he's like helping them tick over that little bit better, the cross for Tony, things like that. You forget how, like, maybe Spurs fans wouldn't, wouldn't have forgotten this, but I certainly forget how good his weaker foot is. Mm. Um, and he's, so, you know, he's such an artist when he's on form. And it feels like... It might even be 
playing with a bit of freedom where you're like, you know what, I've got nothing to lose now. Like yeah. everything is a bonus. And having that perspective that, you know, that kind of incident can give a person. Um, and, you know, uh, Brentford are benefiting from that. And it feels like Thomas Frank went through a stage of like, I don't know, he was, he was always quite cheery. He's always quite happy. He's always someone like, you know, quite effervescent in his post-match yeah, like interviews. Him, yeah. And he seemed like he was losing that touch and that hair looked a bit more bedraggled. And now mm. he's kind of come back, back up again. It's also nice to see a player of the quality of Ericsson just seem so natural within that quality, isn't it? He hasn't played for such a long time. Yeah. Obviously, as we touched on, been through a very, very difficult thing. But you can see it's a natural ability. He's got, he's got that natural glide, got that natural sort of touch. And even without having, you know, played for such a long time, that is just an, an innate part of his game. And it's it's rare that you that you even, you know, have a kind of have a test of that so yeah. it's fascinating to see yeah absolutely um as for Burnley they're a point behind Everton do you reckon this is their season to go down Vish Can you... <laughs> it's a very different way of saying this is their season <laughs> yeah. do you, who are your three go on give us give us your three I oh god like it, it's just Everton are confusing me but I think my three are of that three as it stands now ah, Norwich yeah. Watford Norwich. Burnley yeah Same. yeah to be honest oh. I think it's um yeah, I just, I can't accept Everson going down. My brain won't do it. <laughs> okay. Um, look, there's more football to come tonight. The match week isn't over yet. Uh, Liverpool actually started the match week with a win at the Amex. 2-0. Yeah. Remind me of that one once again. You've done well to get through 40, 43 minutes. minutes. I know. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I know. They're um, only pushing for the title, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but Liverpool, uh, three points off Man City now. City played tonight against Crystal Palace. Um, Crystal Palace beat Man City earlier on in the season, so might be feeling a bit of pressure heading yeah, into this. Know. What do you reckon? That'd be interesting, wouldn't it? Um, if they could do the double over them. Mm. It would actually make it more interesting at the top of the league as well. So, yeah, go on, Palace. Yeah, I know. It'd be good to see, wouldn't it? Um, well, the City team actually could have been a lot more good-looking, Vish, because there were actually reports uh, that surfaced, surfaced this week that Olivier Giroud actually turned down a move Why to Why do Man you City. change your voice like that? I'm doing a Kate Mason. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm doing a Kate. Um, yeah, apparently he turned down a move there after leaving Chelsea. Um, and ended up obviously in Italy. So could have been. Mo- but what was the best looking squad in the Premier League? <laughs> what do you think? Um, I'd like to say I haven't thought about this, but I have. Um, <laughs> I think quietly Aston Villa. Yeah. Oh, who are the lookers? Uh, who are the lookers? Uh, Douglas Louise. I'm a big fan of Matty Cash, Buddy Watkins, Tyron Mings. There's a lot there. Lot Jacob Ramsey's got a bit of like JL, like early JLS about him. Mm. You've clearly thought about this. What do you you think, Jim? Um, I can't say I've put too much thought into it. Uh, I think Dominic Calvert-Lewin is surely like the most stylish man in in all football. And on his own, surely he lifts Everton. Yeah, but there's quite a few in Everton that bring it down, isn't there? Uh, Who? Who? Name them. No! Name them. Absolutely not. Best best looking manager, to be fair. Who, who is sorry? Everton's manager? Everton, no. Frank are you, Lampard? Are you Frank mad? He, really? Nicola Arteta. Nicola Arteta's in the league. Yeah. No. Why not? Nicola Arteta. Arteta would not win best looking manager. No. But Frank Lampard would. Maybe. Well, he'd be up there. I've not really thought about this. Graham Potter and his beard definitely Graham gets himself Potter. up the ranks. <laughs> Designated I'm joking. driver. I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, but sure the beard does help. <laughs> I'm trying to think now. There's Lampard. I'm just looking down. I'm looking down the league. Chelsea, are, Chelsea, are quite a good-looking squad, aren't they? Yeah, Chelsea are. Yeah, Chelsea, yeah. good-looking squad. 
Uh, Chelsea actually, yeah, Chelsea, Chelsea there thereabouts. I would say. <laughs> I think Aston Villa for me. I think I'd always back Aston Villa. Even since Grealish left. Yeah, because I think actually because Grealish has left, the others the others have flourished, <laughs> You're grown right, into themselves. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, is there any love for Arsenal here? I think. Granite Jack is actually a very good looking man. He is actually. People forget because yeah. it's the so And also that element of danger is quite sexy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Don't know what he's going to do. That's what you think. <laughs> ben White's quite Love Islandy as well. Ben, ben White's got a tan all year round. He does. How yeah. does that work? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> a few sunbeds, maybe? You've got to ask you, you the question. T- you tell you? us, Jules, how does that work? <laughs> Fake tan. I was, who was I telling? Pete Donaldson last yeah. week. We were discussing spray tans. What is he going to get involved? No, I'd love no, to see that. no. It's because he's got he went on holiday, didn't he? he so. Pete would do it himself, wouldn't he? He would. Yeah, Pete, with I tar. would love to see Pete spray tan himself. <laughs> so would I. <laughs> uh, right, I think we've um, solved that one then. So <laughs> Villa and Chelsea, top of the ranks, good. And Lampard taking the individual <laughs> no, crown. No, 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 not not definitely. But I'm saying he's up there. Well, he came to mind pretty quickly, didn't he, Jim? Yeah, it seemed like that was uh, in who, the chamber. Who else? Shall we say? Steven Gerrard probably beats him. Actually, okay, well then... Are you Villa, just doing this on slim pickings, aren't they? <laughs> Going down the league. Exa- it is, exactly. It's not exactly, you know, lots to choose from, is there? I guess not. No. <laughs> <laughs> You're so disappointed. I'm going to give a shout to um, uh, Ralph Hasenhutl. No. You know what, actually? He's tall, though. So this chat has gone on for a while. Mm. But um, <laughs> massively underrated, but loads of women have told me they love him. Klopp. Yes. He's tall. Yeah, that counts for a lot. Good I believe. Teeth, good good smile. Teeth. Very engaging. Yeah. Good personality. Personality goes a long way. He, yeah, as you boys there. would know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll leave it you there. Look like a witch then. That was oh, no. amazing. Yeah, the cackle as well, and she's in green. <laughs> Give you that witchy undertone. What's green it? got to do? Oh, is it a witch's color? Yeah, is it? it is a little bit. Yeah, sorry, it's just the way it's like bouncing off your this face. Is the, football the, the way you wear it is. <laughs> this is the football ramble color, boys. Come on. We should go, actually, because I think the parking meet is going to run out of your room. (laughs) All right, let's fuck you, idiot. Um, Thanks for listening to the Football Ramble, part of the ACAST Creator Network. Kate is back tomorrow with Luke, who's back from his holiday finally, and Jim, you'll be back as well. So um, lots to talk about tomorrow with the Champions League on again tomorrow night too. So we will see you then. The Football Ramble is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.